All right, so first question is this. How many of you know why Jesus came to earth? Bingo. Awesome. You got it. And that's why we're here, and it's good to be here. Jesus said, in John 3.16, how many of you know the verse, John 3.16? Even maybe some of you are like, hey, that's what I used to see at football games. This verse, like when they would kick a field goal, or kick an extra point, or at the behind home plate at the World Series, John 3.16 sign. It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave. See, he gave a gift, his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came to save us from, from our sins and to have eternal life. Jesus is a gift. He's a Christmas gift. He's a gift from God the Father. But in the next verse, which a lot of people just stop because we all memorize John 3.16, which we need to do. If you haven't memorized John 3.16, go home and memorize it. You need to know that. But the next verse tells us something even more. And it's even more amazing. For God did not send his son into the world to punish the world or to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So on Christmas, we're celebrating Jesus. We have our salvation because Jesus came to save us. And it's sad, isn't it? Some people, all they know, all they ever think about when it comes to Jesus is a brief few days in December as they see nativity sets, and as they see different, maybe driving through their neighborhood, someone puts out something that Jesus is born. It's Jesus. And that's all they ever think about. And for them, Jesus is always just this baby in a manger. But he grew. Some people don't know who Jesus is. And so today, it's important for us to learn more about Jesus. And this is for all of us. But Jesus is our prophet our priest and king. Now, you probably could already fill that in on your sheet, but why don't you just hold off because I want to tell you today how amazing Jesus is. I want all of us to be reminded, to remember that Jesus is the only one that we worship and adore. All our best words, all our highest praises or compliments, all the glory, everything, the one we brag about, you guys know what it means to brag, right? There's good bragging. There's bad bragging, huh? Kids, do you know that? Do you know that your friends kind of get tired when you tell them how good you are all the time at something? It's hard, huh? Because you're proud, and that's fine. But there's something we can brag about that's really, really good and proper, and that's Jesus. All praise belongs to him, and it belongs to him alone. So are you ready for a Bible quiz? You guys ready? Adults too? All right. Prophets, priests, and kings. Here we go. I'm going to say a name. Feel free to yell out if they're a prophet, a priest, or a king. Isaiah. Prophet. Solomon. Aaron. A little slower on that one. Moses. Saul, Eli, priest, you make me nervous when you do that, Kerr. How about David, 
Oh, trick question, wasn't it? David was king and did he a prophet also? There are psalms that he wrote that spoke of Christ's coming. He was also a prophet. You guys are sharp. So in the Old Testament, God anointed people to be prophets, priests, and kings. It was a gift of God to the people of Israel for them to have a relationship with God. He gave them prophets, he gave them priests, and he gave them kings. Now, but these were all just men. In fact, can you think of some kings who did some pretty bad things? Yes. Can you think of some priests who did some very bad things? We don't have time to get into it, but there was trouble. Aaron, the first priest of God, made an idol. A golden calf. You see, throughout scriptures, where you're given examples of prophets and prophetesses, there were women who spoke God's truth. We have Elijah, Elisha, Deborah, Huldah, Moses' sister, Miriam, Isaiah, Daniel, Jeremiah, Samuel, Nathan. And we see many in the, in the Bible and many people who are prophets. We also have priests, Aaron, Eleazar, Phineas, not to be confused with Phineas and Ferb, okay? Maybe you should name your kid Phineas. I don't know. I got to really look it up. Might not be a good idea. Abishu, Eli, Zadok, Azariah. These were priests. We know some of the kings, don't we? Saul, David, Solomon, Rehoboam. You guys know Rehoboam, right? He's your good friend. How many, any of you name Rehoboam in here? Someday you're going to be tempted to name your firstborn son Rehoboam. Someone in here. Josiah. See, in the Old Testament, God anointed people to take care of his people. And he gave them prophets, priests, and kings. But guess what? No one in history was able to do what Jesus did. Jesus came to earth, and he was a prophet, he was a priest, and he is king. All of it. Now, the only one that we had that we had double was David. And that's special. And David was special. In fact, it says that Jesus came from the line of David. But most of us, or all of us, and all who God had appointed, they were a prophet, they were a priest, or a king, with the exception of David. You did one thing, but Jesus did it all. Well, how does this work? So what is a prophet? A prophet is someone who announces something. They have something to tell. I wish I had like the real megaphone with the, like the, the, and I'd speak through it right now and it would sound pretty cool. But a megaphone, an announcer, they proclaimed. This is what a prophet did. So Jesus is our prophet. They received revelation or knowledge from God. How special is that? Right from God. That's a big job. That's a lot of work. That's scary work. Can you imagine going before people and say, I'm going to tell you something about God. In fact, I'm going to give you the very word of God. Thus saith the Lord. You see that throughout the Old Testament. Thus saith the Lord. And a prophet would tell the people what God's will was for the people. 
They would tell people where they're sinning. You know what? That's harder than you think. They would say, you need to return to the Lord. You need to repent. You need to follow God. You need to follow the law. And they would teach and they would instruct the people. This is what God is saying. A prophet again, he reveals the will of God to the people and they would teach and they would judge, but they would also foretell. You know what foretell means? It means they would say, this is going to happen. In fact, Isaiah gave prophecies about Christmas and they came true. Daniel gave fantastic dates and prophecies about the Messiah to come. Some would say that the wise men who we celebrate and we say, look, the wise men went and sought Jesus. Many people say they were from Babylon, from the east. And they probably, I actually really believe this, so I'm going to say probably. Okay, I don't want to say it like, you know, I don't want to say it, thus saith the Lord and get struck dead. But I want to say that they probably knew instruction in the writings and the predictions of Daniel and they were looking for this king. And when they saw the star, they went and followed it, looking to pronounce Jesus as king. How is Jesus a prophet? In Deuteronomy 18.15, Moses said this, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, Moses, a prophet like me, from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, And then it moves on and says, I, and this is God speaking, I, God, will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Do you guys know how unique Moses was as a prophet? Who could tell me some special things about Moses in his relationship with God. Ten Commandments. He saw his glory. Remember? He said, Lord, show me your glory. And God said, I can't. You'll die. But here's what I'll do, which this is just another picture of Christ, which I love the Old Testament. And someday, hopefully, we'll get to go through some of these things and see where we see Jesus throughout the Old Testament. It's just amazing. But he says, I'm going to put you in this rock. I'm going to hide you in this little bit of a cave. They call it the cleft. He says, you go in there and I'll pass by and you'll see my back. Who else has seen God like that? Moses had a special, special relationship with God. And he would say, and then he'd come down to the people and say, this is God's law. This is what you will do. In fact, it says after he saw God, he shone. And he was bright, and his pe- the people couldn't even look at Moses, who was just a man. Now, you're looking at me, no problem, aren't you? It's easy, well, easy or hard, depending on what you think. <laughs> but we look at people, no problem. Well, when Moses came down from the mountain, he had to wear a veil, because he had been that close with God. No other prophet in the Old Testament had the unique relationship with God like Moses did. Moses spoke with God. But Jesus is a greater prophet than Moses. We can know God because Jesus is the perfect prophet. John 1.8 No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He, Jesus, has made him known. 
Jesus taught and proclaimed truth with authority. You think Jesus was a prophet and a teacher? Absolutely. In Matthew 7, after he gave the Sermon on the Mount, the people were amazed. They said, he teaches different than our scribes and our Pharisees. He teaches as one with authority. Well, how can Jesus teach with such authority? Because he's God. And he taught with power. They were astonished at his teaching. Any of you ever been astonished at something? That's a great word, astonished. You're amazed. It's like this, it's better than even a surprise. It's just like, I guess we would use the term, I'm blown away. But even that doesn't fit it. When they heard Jesus, they said, this is amazing. This is one who speaks like he knows what he's talking about for real. And what did Jesus say at the end of that? Whoever hears these words of mine and acts on them will be wise. It's like them. They'll build their house on the rock. Listen to me and it'll be solid. But if you don't listen to me, you're being foolish. And it's like the one who builds his house on the sand. And it crashes. Jesus also foretold future events. He told the people that the temple would be destroyed. And guess what? In AD 70, it was destroyed. Within the generation, just like Jesus said. Jesus gave the gospel and the way to salvation. He's our teacher and he still teaches us. Did you know that we still learn from Jesus? That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Now we're getting into some deep theology, I know kids. But just, if you don't remember anything else, Jesus still teaches us. Because he's the perfect teacher. In John 14, 26 it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in the name of Jesus, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus is the perfect prophet who teaches us truth. He reveals to us the will of God and the way of salvation. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Since Jesus is prophet, kids, adults, all of us, listen to him. Listen and obey. Build your life upon his words. Since Jesus is prophet, hunger for the word of God. Kids, read your Bible. If you need some help on where to start, go to John. I think you're old enough to understand a lot of it. If you don't, ask your parents. And since Jesus is a prophet and he is perfect and he is God, we know that everything that he says is true. So Jesus is our prophet. Jesus is also our priest. See, prophets represented God to the people. Remember? Here's what God says. Here's what you need to obey. They would pronounce, they represented God to the people, but the priest represented the people to God. They would go to God on behalf of the people. Jesus did that for us. What's that? No, we borrowed it. It has to be returned. So a priest represented the people to God. In Hebrews 5, it says this. In our, our 
our verses this morning were good too. Every high priest chosen from men, like you and me, is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. So yeah, what that's saying is a priest is saying, yeah, I'm a sinner too. We need to go to God because we need payment for sin. We need God to accept our sacrifice because I'm a sinner. The people are sinners. We're all sinners. We need God to forgive us. That's what a priest would do. And they would offer sacrifices. But yet, they were still sinful. So they understood. And a priest would say, since he himself is beset with weakness, because of this, he's obligated to offer sacrifices for his own sins, just as he does for the people. You understand that? A priest was making sacrifices for everybody, including himself. They offered sacrifices for their sins and the sins of the people. But now Jesus is different. It says he's the greatest high priest. He's the perfect high priest. Why? Because he's a spotless lamb. Jesus was without sin. He was perfect. And he was able to be the spotless lamb of God and to be the perfect sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. He is the spotless lamb. And when he died on the cross, he was payment for our sins. And God the Father said, I accept this sacrifice once for all, never to be done again. We do not have to kill an animal ever again. We're forgiven because of Jesus. The perfect, holy sacrifice. The baby born in a manger lived a perfect life. He is our priest who goes to God and says, here I am. I am the lamb. And I will be slain for the sins of you and me and the sins of the world. It's amazing. Jesus the perfect sacrifice. He came to take away our sin. We just sang, he who was without sin became sin, that we might be clean and righteous. He was punished for our sins. Kids, how many of you have brothers or sisters? How many of you have brothers or sisters who do things wrong? Can you imagine... Oh, I don't even want to ask this, but I'm, I'm going I'm to let it go. How many of you have ever been like maybe hit or kicked or hair pulled or something by your brother or sister? Did they get punished? Did they get punished? Well, I hope they, whatever. That's, talk to your parents if how that worked out. In my house, you'd get the wisdom spoon at that point. Y'all don't have a wisdom spoon? <laughs> I think there's another family in here who called it the wisdom whacker. Is that, <laughs> that right back there? You know? Okay. A wisdom worker. Same thing. <laughs> the point is this. When my brother hit me, I would have been shocked if my dad came up to me and said, yep, your brother hit you, come here. 
even though your brother hit you, you're taking Michael's punishment. What? Dad, you're really confused. <laughs> he hit me. Make him pay. That's what I would say. In my family, if Emily hit Katie, Katie would be like, you better take care of Emily, Dad. And I said, no, Katie, you're going to take the punishment. And Katie would go, that is nuts. Are you kidding me? I already took the beating. Jesus is our perfect sacrifice who took our punishment, and he deserved none of it. He's perfect. Let that, think, let that sink in, people. I think we just kind of, yeah, Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. Jesus did not deserve the cross. We did. Behold the Lamb of God, John said, who takes away the sin of the world. And he did that by dying, by being the perfect priest. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still, still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. For it says, cursed is everyone who hangs from a tree. Scriptures say, he, we who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. He has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus is our great high priest. He is the perfect lamb. And we sing and we say, behold the lamb of God who takes away our sins. And we will sing that for all eternity. People from every nation, tribe, tongue will say, worthy is the lamb who was slain. A priest also went to God and said, take care of the people. Do you know Jesus still intercedes for us? Oh, this is awesome. Jesus is the perfect priest who intercedes for us. Romans 8, Christ Jesus, the one who died, the one who was raised, who is at the right hand of God. Right now, he's at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Romans 8. What a priest! What a representative we have. I don't know about you, but Merry Christmas. Jesus gives us assurance and comfort and joy in our trials and in our temptations. And he gives us confidence to come boldly to God. Because he came for us. If he didn't come, we don't go boldly to God. Did you know that the priests in the Old Testament times, when they went to make a sacrifice, they tied a rope around them? Why? Because God is holy, and if the priest messed up, he would die in the presence of God. And you can't just go in there and die too. Can you imagine how that happens? I'm going to walk in the presence of dead, 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 dead. So what they do, they say, we can't go in there, tie a rope around him. If he falls dead, we'll just yank on the rope and pull him out. Now, because of Jesus, we go boldly into that place and we, have, we go into the presence of God. He's the perfect priest. He did the work. Jesus is the perfect priest and he has made us, the body of Christ, the church, 
We don't have time to get into it, but a royal priesthood. We serve our perfect priest. Amen? Finally, Jesus is king. Bet you can't wait to see this one. I went to the drive-thru yesterday. Put it on? No. I have my limits. Jesus is king. Jesus is our king. Oh, so many kings in the history of the world, aren't there? Someone tell me a king. King Arthur. Henry VIII. That was on my list. Very nice. Solomon. Edward. Herod. Oh. I'll give you one worse, or at least the tie. Ahab. Disobedient king, for sure. Henry VIII. I guess you could call emperors also. Same thing as kings. Charlemagne. How about King Nebuchadnezzar? David, Ahab, George, Edward, Louis, and of course King Tut, right? Gotta, can't leave him out. All these kings, are they still around? Are there some kings on the earth right now? There's some kings and queens. What's going to happen to them? Will they reign forever and ever and ever? Why? Because they die. They certainly do. All these kings, from the greatest of kings with the most majestic material, gold, silver, jewels, crowns, as much majesty as a human king can muster, it is nothing compared to our king. They're just humans. They die and their reign ends. Out of this list, I just asked you to name kings in history. Do you know how disappointed some kings would be if they were here today and we didn't mention their name? They tend to be prideful people. So do we. We can't even think. And, and just think, like when they were king, they probably thought they were great. I'm a great king. I am good to my people. And we don't even remember them. Because really, they're nothing. Jesus is the perfect king who reigns forever and ever. We serve our great king. Colossians 1, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. We're part of a kingdom. Well, that's kind of cool. I like that. I said earlier that Jesus is king and he came from the line of David so he's a true earthly king but Jesus is also God so he is a true forever eternal ruling king who is sovereign and he's a good king. He administers justice. He judges rightly. His law is perfect restoring the soul. Jesus, the perfect king, protects his people and he protects his church and he protects his sheep. No eternal harm will come to us because Jesus is our king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. 
That's what it says will be written on him as he returns and he's coming again. We wait for the return of the king. He's coming. So I hope you see today what a gift Jesus is. Israel needed its prophets. They forgot often what God wanted. And so God was good to the people to give them a prophet. Give them prophets to tell them the word of God, to correct them and instruct them. They needed priests to go to God and make sacrifices for their sins. And they needed their king to protect them and to lead them. We now have Jesus, the perfect prophet, our perfect priest, and our perfect and eternal king, and he's coming again. Merry Christmas. What a gift. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing a couple songs, and we will celebrate Jesus with our families and our friends today. Let's pray. Father, thank you. What a day. What a day of glory it was when Jesus came to earth and was born. And he was born to die so that we would have life. And so we give all glory to you. Thank you that you are a prophet who gives us the truth, who directs us to God, that we can trust fully because he's perfect. Thank you that Jesus is our priest who died for our sins and was the perfect sacrifice for all times to pay for our sins. And thank you that he is our king and we have a ruler who loves us, who has made us his children, that we belong to an awesome eternal kingdom. And so no harm will ever eternally harm us. You are good. We celebrate. We love you this morning. We love you because you first loved us. And so we sing to you, and all praise and all glory belongs to you alone. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. I pray peace to my friends and to all men. May they find it in Christ alone, because that's the only place it is. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.